Hello, hi, and welcome to the Football Recap. I'm here with Divine and Raj today. And yeah, how are you guys doing? All right, Good. trying not yeah. to turn into an icicle <laughs> right here. Yeah. Ready yeah, for I, some I'm, football talk? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm yeah. excited. Thanks yeah. for having me, man. No problem, man. So, no problem. This has been in the works for a while. Yeah. So we're going to talk about like four topics for today. Um, the first topic we're going to talk about, um, can top teams afford to have any passengers when they're pressing, when they don't have the ball? Um, for example, with Ronaldo, Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, there's been some talk about that lately. Then we're going to move on to Arsenal and Arteta and how are they doing so far. And then we're going to talk about the sporting director in football and how that role is becoming more and more important. And finally, we'll uh, close with the Ballon d'Or talk. Is it still credible? And we're going to debate about like what are the criteria, which players should be getting it or not, and controversies around that and whatnot. Yeah. So I'll just start off for, with the first topic. With the first topic is um, can top teams afford, afford to have like any passengers when pressing the ball? I could, might start with you, Divine, since you're a Liverpool fan. Like Liverpool's a great example of a team that there's no passengers without off the ball. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, it's it's um it's a really good debate, especially given what we said about Messi and Ronaldo, um, and this you know they've essentially those two moving to PSG and Man United has sort of brought these things up again, um, and and essentially no, uh, you know you can't really have passengers when you're pressing. And, 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 and you know, football is you know, it's a collective sport, a sport, but not only that, is that it's such a, um, you know, there is so much, so many intricacies you know, in, in, you know, in modern football that each person on the field has to have some sort of role in what they do. Um, and you, know, you cannot have anyone who's not really doing their job or helping the team in any, any capacity. There's been talk about Ronaldo lately not pressing, but do you think, do you really think he doesn't press? I mean, when you watch United, <laughs> there's other players like Rashford, Bruno, kind of not really concerned off mm. the ball. Yeah. That's probably going to change with Ragnick, it's changing with Ragnick now, but uh, what's your thoughts? Um, if you are talking about Ronaldo, I think he runs quite a lot off the ball. Yeah, he does think, actually, to yeah. be fair, for a 35-year-old. <laughs> yeah, he runs quite a lot off the ball, and I just think all the players you mentioned were attackers, right? Mm. So I don't think you can have attackers running all the time. I think it's like Ibrahimovic, Beckham, all these attackers who quite like who believe in running off the ball only when it's necessary and saving your strength for actually when it's needed. Yeah, you need that burst of sprint to exactly. like beat the so defender. You can't expect your attackers yeah. to be running on the ball in the entire time. There are a few exceptions like Luis Suarez, of course, who like runs like an animal on the, off the ball, but. Like players like Ronaldo, players like Messi, you always see them, you know, taking those short walks when the entire team is pressing or something else. So is it really fair to call them passengers? I don't yeah. really know. I think there's a difference between like an attacker, an attacking player that just walks back like mm -hmm. Messi when I saw him play live and then an attacking player who makes sure he's blocking the pass, yeah. just jogging, getting back into position smartly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just being a nuisance for the defense without pressing one hundred percent. I think there's a balance there. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like, if you want an attacking player to be like a bigger, a big threat, mm -hmm. he needs to like save his energy up for like exactly. when the attack is on. Yeah. So to go back to your point, like not having, like you, you don't think you can have any passengers. No, no. I mean, you know, I think it, it you know, much depends on the team, obviously. Yeah. You know, on what the manager has asked them to do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you've got a manager who's, for example, when you look at United. 
when they played against Liverpool and they tried to press because presumably that's what they were told. And then you've got players who are either doing it wrong or they're just not doing it. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, and if you've got a team where you've got two or three individuals, if you've got a, you know, one, I think maybe. Yeah, I think maybe. you can get away with one guy. That yeah. like, like, let's say like a Ronaldo or like an Ibrahimovic or like yeah. even if it was Rashford on the United team that was the lead striker. You can get away with one guy keeping, saving up his energy, being smart about where he's positioned yeah. to cause problems. Yeah. But I don't think you can have like three, for example, like at PSG at the moment, with yeah. Messi, Neymar and Mbappe. Yeah. None of them are doing any sort of defensive work. Yeah. That's completely crazy nowadays. <laughs> Especially like, it's, it's all Guardiola's fault or Klopp's fault. They revolutionise how we play football. Yeah. Guardiola even uses his keeper now mm -hmm. to build up the play. Yeah. So... It's like there's no, even the keepers now have to be, there's more expectations. Yeah. They can't just be shot stoppers. They got to be good on the ball. They got to have good delivery. They got to be high up the pitch to allow their own team to like press mm -hmm. higher up the pitch. So every player is involved. Yeah. Klopp plays with Firmino, who's supposedly a striker. Mm -hmm. He's like a fourth midfielder. Yeah. Just in there in the middle of the pitch, like getting the ball back. Mm -hmm. So same for, um, uh, yeah, City with Edison playing. Um, as a the goalkeeper, he's playing as a fifth defender nearly, yeah. and then he doesn't play with a with a nine with a striker. Yeah. And I think that's why he didn't get on with Aguero because mm -hmm. Aguero wasn't doing the defensive duties yeah. Guardiola was asking of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I think yeah. so. And PSG have made a catastrophic mistake by signing three players who require the ball to like reach their feet because that's what Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi are used to. They are used to the team playing for them rather than them playing for the team. Yeah. So they always expect the ball on their feet wherever they are positioned and it just doesn't work when you... We saw that in the game against City, all three of them were, you know, walking on the same side of the pitch sometimes. Just and it's a simple switch and then it's an overload. Exactly. Yeah. And you sometimes you just saw all three of them on the left side and there's nobody on the right side. Poor Hakimi is looking for a <laughs> ball to like yeah. attack and he doesn't have anyone. So... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an interesting debate and, and you know, I guess like I said, not only does it depend on the tactics as well, but mm -hmm. sometimes it depends on who you are playing against, right? Yeah. So, you know, PSG can afford to sort of not press, you know, in the French league, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, yeah. when they play against the you know, Saint Etienne and the Hans and whatever. Yeah. Um, even then, like this season. But even then sometimes they like do get exposed, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then when you go to the Champions League and you play against the Liverpools yeah. and the Man Cities, mm -hmm. then it becomes a problem. Yeah. And also, I guess, if you're playing in a team where... Chelsea um, even, like... Yeah, yeah you, know, you, you know, or you know, if you're a team that's really good on the ball, yeah. then you can afford to do that, yeah. right? Because if you, you know can you're going to have possession. You're yeah. not chasing it all the time. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's calling them passengers is probably unfair. Because, yeah. you know, these it's guys just, are, yeah, it's just, know, they are yeah. a different level, aren't yeah. they? Well, you know... I mean, I mean, passengers in like the defensive. Defensive uh, aspect, I know. I mean, I, know I yeah, mean, yeah. when you watch Messi, he's the best player in the world and all that, but he's not even trying when he didn't when he doesn't have the ball when yeah. his team is defending. He's not even trying, mm -hmm. so he's like scanning, which is another part of his game, which is yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. But like most, even the striker, as when you when we play like you know Sunday league and all that, mm -hmm. we're saving up our energy for a striker. But we're still jogging back, cutting down the passes and getting on the right side of the ball or, you know, yeah, not just yeah. like, otherwise the manager will go crazy. I don't <laughs> but yeah, I think the conclusion for this topic is probably maybe the direction it's moving in mm -hmm. is, yeah, it's going to be 11 players yeah. involved all the time because that's the whole sports science, the mm -hmm. tracking your movement to GPS and yeah. 
all that kind of professionalizing the sport mm. probably yeah no, that's really a good point to make as well just sort of finish off i think players can sort of play now until they're like 35 36 37 yeah. um was it tiago silva yesterday scored and he's the oldest i think premier league goal scorer at 37 and yeah. um, especially for strikers as well who tend to be quite you know quick strong athletic mm-hmm. um so you know it should be a pressing game and uh, i guess we'll see how psg do and 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 my inkling is that in the Champions League, again, they'd probably fall short. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I don't think Paris <laughs> anywhere near winning the Champions League, like, no. especially the way the game is moving at the moment. Mm-hmm. With like the kind of squad that they have and the mentality they have at the club. Mm-hmm. It's like, even any players, Wijnaldum, for example, he was the hardest working player in Liverpool. Yeah. He's at Paris now and he's always injured or he's like, he's not like, subconsciously, he's like, oh, I'm at Paris now. Maybe things are a bit different, mm-hmm. so it'll take it a bit more easy. You know, yeah. it's just the whole mentality around the club. Yeah, it's not like it's not like a professional club in the way that like mm-hmm. they work every no, day, they no. show up to the training and all that. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure you think as well. I guess you know, and and Pochettino is a really good manager. Who? Um, yeah, Pochettino. Pochettino. I agree with you. RPSG, but whether he can obviously tell his players, look, you gotta press, or whether he's even allowed, he's not allowed to. to do that. <laughs> he's not allowed. It's obviously a different question. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know you need like a big character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder, you know, what, what what Xavi whether that's something he he can do. Well, you know, Barcelona they're not as um, you know. What do you think? I think Xavi is a big name in the dressing room. Yeah. I think when he steps in, everybody there's nobody who can really stand up to him right uh, now. There's no yeah. big ego like Me- Mbappe, Neymar, or Messi right now in the dressing room. So when Xavi speaks, everybody listens. Everybody listens. Yeah. So I think that's gonna be a change in the dressing room. I don't think the same thing was happening under Coleman. And that, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's good signs as of now. I think everybody should like you know. I think PK joined in on the training session and you know just watched everyone play even when he wasn't supposed to be at the training session so right. changes like that you know Dembele is more active now in the training session hopefully he stay f- stays fit for a longer period of time yeah. this yeah. time but I think there's a huge potential for growth at Barcelona now so we can just keep our fingers crossed and hope he does a good job yeah, yeah. you know that's the mentality thing he was talking about as yeah. well um, and when you look at when Zidane was, you know, at Real Madrid, yeah. he's a huge name. If you ask you to press, you will press. Yeah. They were not a pressing team at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, even Ronaldo pulled the work <laughs> in, yeah. you know, so because Zidane tells you to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I guess that's... Uh, I think that's really what I have my only worry about this change in football is whether we'll see a complete footballer like Messi or Ronaldo. Or mm. Because everybody is so, like, pushed to press right now and, you know, just put in the energy to run and play football, physical... Will we ever see a complete footballer who like scans the game, takes time for himself, you know, uses his brain like Xavi, Iniesta, players like them? Will we ever see a player profile like that again? Yes, we've got great goal scorers coming up like Haaland, Mbappe, but are they really complete footballers? They are just strikers and great goal scorers in my yeah. opinion. So will we see a complete footballer yeah. with this transition? I don't know. So that's probably you'll probably see less of them. It's just yeah. the way the game is evolving. Exactly, which is a shame. Yeah. But yeah. All right, let's move on to um, Arsenal now and Arteta. Yeah. Um, do you want to pause or go straight into it? We can. All right, so second topic for today, boys, is um, Arteta and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been at the club for, what, two, three years now? Yeah. And he's, been, he's had time to work on his team. He's, it's a completely different team than when he took over. Mm-hmm. Uh, who did he t- take over from? Was it... Um, Emery. Yeah, Unai Emery. Unai yeah. Emery. And that didn't work out too well, like, with Emery. 
Um, what are your thoughts with Arteta and Arsenal? Is he doing a good job? Is he making the team better? Do you see progress? I've still not made up my mind on it, but I'm leaning towards the fact that I'm still not convinced. He okay. still has to go through a tough winter break. I mean, the whole season depends on how he deals with the winter break. Yes, he's built up a young squad which is playing well at the moment, but can he keep this consistently going throughout? till the end of the season I'm not really sure and it all depends on when Arsenal ends up in the league when the season finishes so for me Arteta's success is dependent on you know him finishing top 5 at least this season because yeah the past seasons he had a great squad on him like but he was still not able to you know make them perform was it his squad though you said he uh, had a great squad but like I mean, he made some signings. He's had three years at the job. He made mm. some signings which, you know, suited his profile and he wasn't able to make them play tactically the way he wanted to. I'm still not sure whether he's able to play some players in the right positions and, you know, make them play the way he wants them to play. But I think now that he's got a young squad, he's got players who are more flexible rather than, you know, superstars who might not listen. Like Nicola Pepe, he never worked out. <laughs> like... He had a few seasons to shine and he never worked out. So, I mean, players like that, now that he's gotten rid of them and brought in some young players, I think we are seeing that change. But can he keep that change consistent? I don't know. So, yeah, that's my opinion on that. Yeah, no, I think you're, you, know, you make a really good point, especially you know, in relation to how young the players are. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, in terms of you know, winter football in the UK, uh, you know, <laughs> I think the Premier League is quite challenging. So it's obviously what happens in the next few weeks. Yeah. Overall, I think I think he's done fairly well. Um, yeah. When you look at the fact that they lost 5-0 to Man City, um, which was catastrophic, yeah. but since then they've won 9 out of 13 and they've drawn a few games. And the ones they've lost were either at Liverpool or Man United. Yeah. Obviously, Man United is probably you know, a bit of a sketchy one. Yeah. Um, but they've played fairly OK. One, in, you know, scored two goals. Mm -hmm. um, and Liverpool, was it was always going to happen. So I think there is some progress to see there. And, you know, in terms of the, you know, the squad being young, I guess the good thing is that they'll give fans a bit more patience mm -hmm. in terms of what he wants to build. Yeah. Um, because if you've got sort of like established players who are sort of trying to, to, you know, to finish in the top five or six, like you're saying, mm -hmm. then the fans probably will become a bit more impatient. Yeah. But I think, you know, I've liked what I've seen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've been much better than, you know, the start of the season, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think Arteta has, you know, the tactical profile that's needed at a club? Do you think he has the tactical profile to be a successful manager? I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, he's fairly, you know, he's fairly young you know, as a manager. And, you know, of course, you know, this is his first you know, main job, mm -hmm. um, you know, which was quite a big you know, and difficult one, you know, given where Arsenal have been, not just for the last three years, mm -hmm. but for the last 10 years as well. Yeah. And when you look at the games that they've played, especially where, the, you know, the, the one which he got wrong, I think, was the Liverpool one. Uh, you know, he just <laughs> tried to be, you know, too, too attacking. And yeah. he just can't do that against Liverpool. But, you know, they've played games quite intelligently. Uh, you know, so, you know, for example, against Leeds. Mm -hmm. um, Leeds had more possession, but yeah. they still won. They went away to Leicester. They did the same thing. This mm -hmm. sort of, like, professional uh, you know, games where, uh, you know, you, you don't have much of the ball, but you're quite smart in how you play, you know, and they won you know, you know, the game. So, you know, I think he's, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's making the right steps okay. you know, in moving forward, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure what, you know, what you think. I agree with you more uh, on most of the things. I think the thing is, I was har harsh with Arteta at, like, yeah. up to now because I expect, because it's Arsenal, mm -hmm. so you expect them to like, perform Champions League at least, silverware, trophies, yeah. something. Yeah. But if you look at it like, from a realistic point of view, I think like with Emery, the message wasn't coming through with the players. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't really know what was happening. When Arteta, you can clearly see 
there's a vision mm -hmm. there's like they're moving towards something yeah. he's improving the team mm -hmm. he's bringing in young players they're playing really good football um i don't know about the game management because yeah. you say yeah. you're saying it's good but i don't know it's, it's a bit suspicious at times but um mm -hmm. i think yeah he's i think he's doing well to be honest yeah um <laughs> he's got his his message is clearly getting across to the players because yeah. mm -hmm. the type of football they play is amazing yeah. and then he's brought in like he ha he's had three years and he brought in his own players mm -hmm. young players which is exciting because they haven't reached their potential yet mm -hmm. there's still a lot a long way to go for them and yeah. if you can get them they're already playing good and if mm -hmm. you can get them to play even better yeah. then that's 100 percent credit to him mm -hmm. and also if you look at it from a business point of view they're gonna um they bought them like for you know not big amounts of money mm -hmm. you can sell them on from like big profit so it's win-win for in both scenarios football and business perspective mm -hmm. how um, long do you think they can go on being a team like this though with arsenal you expect yeah. success and it's I true i agree expect the success as well yeah. how long can you build a like even chelsea chelsea brought in their youth players right mm. and you know chelsea don't really do that though i mean they it's still like, have quite a young squad though, yeah. if you think about it Hudson, Odoi, they send players out on loan yeah Arsenal are just keeping them and playing yeah. them at the moment. How long can you see them doing that when their fans expect so much more from a club profile like Arsenal? When we speak about Arsenal, we think now they've built this up for themselves actually. Mm. Now we consider them to be a mediocre team. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say mediocre, man. They're, what are they, fifth about, in the league now? Right now, if you think about Arsenal, like you said, we don't expect them to Seven. be in the Champions League. We don't yeah. expect them to be in the Europa League. So certainly yeah. their reputation has fallen down, right? Earlier, it used to be a very successful I know, yeah, I agree in terms of results, but when you look on, like, the, on the pitch, on the training ground, on what's being developed, mm -hmm. I think it's something is very healthy. It's mm -hmm. not like, it's, it's not going to go away in one season. Which I agree Young players, they're all playing in the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a good understanding. Mm -hmm. And it's, for example, Solskjaer, mm -hmm. like, he didn't really improve anything at United. No, and no. they came around <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. I think yeah. in the same amount of time, Arteta has done... A much better job he mm. he really got his message across yeah. so for me if i when i watch Arsenal, i'm excited mm -hmm. and i like watching them play because they play nice football yeah. and it's it's like ajax you know mm -hmm. it's, it's the similar model young players they're all like playing nice football playing the right way mm -hmm. so it's exciting you want you want to watch them mm -hmm. but i agree maybe arsenal will have to move on yeah. and get on like a, a top top european manager yeah. If they can attract one mm -hmm. to like capitalize on what Arteta's built, but I think yeah. the foundation is there. Yeah, and I just want to like say that, yeah, credit to Arteta because he's been doing a good job so yeah. far. Um, yeah, and he's doing a lot for the club in the last few years. He stabilized mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be mad if I would. I would understand if the club would move on to like a better top mm -hmm. elite European manager. Yeah. If they get one, all of them seem to yeah. be in the Premier League right now. <laughs> Do you think they could attract one? Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, they are still Arsenal, um, and they did get Emery, who, who was a PSG. Um, mm. You know, before he came to Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and again, you know, in the match depends not just on the financial side in terms of what they can pay them as well, but whether the manager thinks there is sort of a side that they can, uh, you know, work with and develop. And, and because in Arsenal for this season, they can hope to finish at least fifth or sixth. You know, so you know, getting the Europa League places. Yeah. And I think that's achievable for them because yeah. I think they've made some quite good progress yeah. um, and in terms of what you said so you know whether it, 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 you know, how long they can go on for like this I think this season would probably be 
I think make or break. At yeah. least in so far as you know, as the club is concerned. I think the fans may be a little bit just in, a little bit more patient, you know, as long as they can see some sort of good progress yeah. from where they were under Unai Emery. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so in the fifth or sixth, you know, Europa League, and then maybe they can attract someone. You know, okay. Liverpool had to get back into the Europa League. Yeah, with Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, before think, yeah, Klopp yeah. actually came back. You know, yeah. although Liverpool were quite good before they, you know, the season yeah. after the the, the thirteen fourteen uh. you know, went you know went horrendously. So you know, it'll be interesting to see where Arsenal finish and you know and how they move forward. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, who, you know, who can they attract? You know, I'm available, but I don't. Think <laughs> Sign him up. I've got I've got I've got too much on my plate at the moment with work. So. So, we'll in see. conclusion, Arteta, so far, success or not? Yes I or no? I, yeah, yes? I think so. Next two weeks for me. <laughs> Next two weeks. Yeah. Okay. For me, it's a yes so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to the emergence of the sporting director. I'm going to love this. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. You have a lot I'm, re I'm really excited about yeah. this one. Uh, Do you want to pause or keep going? Keep going. Yeah. All right. So, this is something a bit more what would you call it, uh, intricate, mm -hmm. um, a bit more behind the scenes, is the sporting director in football. Mm. Um, sporting directors now are like becoming more and more common and having a bigger role mm -hmm. in clubs. So what are your um, thoughts on like the, the role of the sporting director? Hey, do you want to go first? Yeah. I'll, uh as a Barcelona fan, sporting directors haven't hurt us out that much. No. <laughs> we had Eric Abidal as our sporting director when uh, we had Bartomeu as president. And I don't really understand what that role or position stands for sometimes because mm -hmm. Abidal had various functions as a sporting director. Sometimes he used to help out the club in matters of, you know, developing the game from all aspects, the women's game, the youth squads and whatever it is. But then his role kind of transitioned into him trying to poach players, him trying to attract new players and, you know, trying to build the squad. And he was more of a, I would say, transfer agent rather than a sporting director. So I don't understand what happens there. And then he started to take control over how the squad plays and how the squad lines up for each game. And that's what Messi had a problem with because he was you know, always interfering with the players' matters and how the coach should basically manage the team and stuff like that. And I don't think a sporting director should interfere with things like that. Mm. So for me, I don't really, I don't think the role of a sporting director has been defined so far. Maybe some Premier League clubs have got it right. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's my opinion on it so far. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting role because it's, it's, it's something that, that actually goes quite, you know, a, you know, a long way back. At least, yeah. you know, as far as the continent are concerned. So, you know, the PSGs, the Barcelona, mm -hmm. um, you know, they've always had sporting directors. Where you get, in your, you know, the continent, where you've got the head coach who looks yeah. after the football and the sporting director does other stuff. And then the sort of first times it sort of came into the, um, you know, in England anyway, people complained. And a bit like, you know, most things in football, you know, yeah. they sort of go, it's not, you know, you know, who is that person? You know, obviously mostly managers as well. Um, but you know, I think, you know, like you said, you know, if we know what they are there to do, <laughs> and they've got a good relationship with the manager, because you know, ultimately, they're all working in one team, right? You know, it's something that can work. Liverpool have shown that it can definitely work. Yeah. Um, and now even some, you know, Championship, you know, or, you know, or League One clubs have sort of followed on that model, you know, and it works as well for them. Brighton. Um, yeah. Yeah. Brighton have one. 
and 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 you know, for me, I think it can you know it can definitely work. Um, if you get if you can get the right man, yeah. Um, you know, Man United, I think, perhaps yeah. have got a really good one because Ragnick, it, is yeah. So yeah. after Ragnick goes from manager, maybe he's he yeah. does something sort of yeah. similar. It's and it's someone who knows football extremely well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's got you know various contacts. So you know, it's you know as a sort of bridge between you know management, you know, and then the you know and the owners. I think that's very important what you said, the bridge, because. Nowadays, people complain that like managers don't get enough time, or it's it's very cutthroat. So it's like managers are there one, two, three years max, and then they get sacked, right? Yeah, or the average lifespan for manager, like span of their time at the club, is like very short. Yeah. Yep. So like it's always changing, mm -hmm. and that's where I think the sporting director comes in, because mm -hmm. the sporting director needs to be like a long term employee for the club. Yeah. He needs to yeah. be there with like yeah. a ten year. 15-year project yeah. and he can oversee different managers and make sure that like the vision is is, is being kept across mm -hmm. the, the across the, the way across yeah. the road for the manager with with even with different managers coming in mm -hmm. so i think yeah he has to look after like the core values of the club yeah. and ma make sure like that's being um consistently upheld mm -hmm. whether it's through managers through the way of play through the transfer policy just make a long-term plan yeah someone that can stay there yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. That's why somebody who's experienced in management and like planning such strategical, you know, objectives should be hired. I yeah. think most clubs hire ex players yeah, that's, as sporting directors. Yeah, I, that's one of that's the that's the one issue. Yeah. It's like is they're just filling in a role. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, oh, yeah you know what? You might make you can go sporting director, yeah. but yeah. they don't really have a clear vision. You exactly. probably need someone that's more experienced, yeah. older. With like a large network in football, mm -hmm. you played in different countries. Yeah. You can you know make sure like that the division is being upheld. Mm -hmm. I mean, Spain do it brilliantly. Most Spanish clubs have sporting directors, yeah. Yeah. and they all have a clear identity in how they play, mm -hmm. the way they play, the players they recruit. Yeah. Um, there, it's just really consistent, mm -hmm. and that, I think that's what it can bring to a club: consistency yeah. in performance and in um, values. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, as long you know, as long as it's someone obviously who doesn't have control about how the team should play, or yeah. you know, who can sack managers, because in some in, in some countries, um, you know, PSG for example, Leonardo, you know, I think he's got a say in who the manager is. Yeah. Obviously, he doesn't have the final say, but you know, he, he sort of tries to you know interfere with those kind of things. And um, whilst you've got again, you know, at Liverpool, where you know Michael, De you know, Michael Edwards' job basically is to make sure that you know the club you know, attracts the right players or. You know, if the manager says this is what you know I'm looking for, they can go and get that player, and they've got the sort of business know-how to actually go and acquire those players, and 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 um, well, you know essentially help the manager. You know, and I think you know the question of hierarchy you know, is quite significant there because you don't want a sporting director whose you know whose relation with the manager is just not working. Yeah. It just doesn't work. I just yeah. think from what you said, there's different types of sporting directors. Ah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Michael Edwards is really a sporting it's director. More, yeah. He's more of like a like a transfer guy or like a statistics kind of mm -hmm. support for Klopp because Klopp kind of acts as the sporting director because he's a man, he's got his philosophies, his, his, philosophies, his mm -hmm. clear identity. Same for Ferguson. Yeah. He yeah, was yeah. pretty much like the, the perfect sporting director because mm -hmm. he kind of took charge of like, he didn't take charge of training. Mm -hmm. He was more in the background over several years kind of organizing the club from top That's to bottom. So I think Ferguson was actually a sporting director. Yeah, no, I agree, and and you know, and again, that's a distinction that we see between countries, you know, 
on the continent, for example, where the sporting director still has quite a bigger role in terms of what the club looks like, mm. whether in the UK where there is a football manager, yeah, um, and you've got you know a head coach in you know in yeah. European countries. Mm. So you know, Michael Edwards is he a sporting director? Yeah. yeah, that's what he's called, obviously. Yeah, um, and and. If he is called out, uh, you know, and, if, and if you can agree that that's where he is, then he's, he's done a really good job and he probably shows that he does work. Um, but yeah, you know, it'll be, it'll be you know, interesting to see you know, where this goes. You know. mm. uh, the other one is, uh, you know, is at Spurs, who's quite con who is quite a controversial figure. Uh, what's his name again? Daniel Levy. Uh, yeah, Daniel Levy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, yeah. It, it, it's, for me, I think it's all that works yeah. in the right circumstances, yeah. at the right club, and as long as the... You know, you know, the relationship between you know, the various individuals working mm -hmm. in that particular club um, are good. Yeah. I yeah. think it's quite a tough position to be in as yeah. a sporting director yeah. because if you go to a top club and you're told to be the sporting director, you can't really have that freedom to come up with your own philosophies because that club probably has a philosophy of how they play. Yeah. For example, Barcelona. Yeah. They have a playing style, you know, possession. We have the Kool A philosophy and stuff like that. So you can't really build on or have that creative, you know, freedom to yeah. build a strategy that might change the mm -hmm. image of how football is played or how the club plays. But you don't have to be changing all the time. So if Parasite comes up to you, as you, oh, can you be a sporting director? Your mm -hmm. job is going to be sure to maintain a way of playing, to maintain your legacy, to maintain our history. Because mm -hmm. some, some things, sometimes it gets lost. So that can be your job as a sporting director, to just keep reinforcing that. But I think some sporting directors should have the freedom to try new things or do new things. If you're like yeah, but not for Barca. No, but again, but it's never going to happen. So manager, I have managers like Komen failed. Managers like Komen have failed because they try to purposely, you know, play that tiki-taka style of football, play with possession, but that clearly doesn't work with the players we have. We had Griezmann, we had Dembele. They are not players who are suited to possession. They are players who yeah. are suited to playing on the counter-attack and that's what Luis Enrique got right. Luis Enrique in the first half was trying to play like football with possession. He was winning games, but we weren't convincing in the way we were winning games. But then when we started playing Suarez, we turned into a counter-attacking side. And that's something you don't associate with Barcelona. Yep. So, exactly, you need to be able to, you know, be strong enough to mm. have that freedom to ch make those changes. And I think players like, um, sorry, managers like Komen, managers like, who's the one before Komen? Uh, Enrique, C no, Setien. Valverde. Setien. He, even he so tried to play football with yeah. possession, while at Betis, all he was used to was counter-attacking football. So, I mean, there's always that added pressure which comes with, you know, man being a sporting director with top, for top clubs. So, it's a very tough position to be in and I can understand why some, you know, people fail at their jobs. No, you know, I completely agree with you as well there because, you know, you know football is about innovation you know, and moving forward. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, I'm sorry to go back to Liverpool, but that's what they've done really well mm -hmm. in the sense that you've got owners who've come in and they've had a clear idea yeah. of what they want the football club to look like yeah. in terms of transfer policy, you know, in the terms of... Machine who the manager is, etc. Um, you know, and they've done it well. And, and they've brought someone in who's not, not only got that vision, someone who was a data expert as well. So mm -hmm. you know, they kind of knew, right, we want to attract players at decent prices, but players who can take us to the next level. Yeah. And the person had that sort of, um, the, the, you know, one, they know how to actually do that, but to some sort of freedom. Mm -hmm. But obviously working together with the manager, you know, yeah. you know and I think that's completely, um, something that you know clubs will definitely strive for yeah. you know a bit of change I think Liverpool although you're lucky with Klopp yeah <laughs> and you know you can still maintain your you know uh, your identity while still having someone 
there who either suggest new things mm. or try to find new ways of developing players yeah. or new ways of you know, attracting investment. You know, all those things, but whilst remaining Barcelona, mm-hmm. you know, or remaining Liverpool. Yeah. Right? I definitely so think it's important now because um, it's always better to have like someone who knows about football yeah. than, a, than an owner making deci- big exactly. decisions. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, the sporting director is going to be going to be a, you're going to see more and more in the future and i think he's going to play even a bigger role in football in modern football mm-hmm. um, messi van dyke modric i prefer this i don't know what yeah the best is all right so so finally for today we're going to talk about um the ballon d'or Mm-hmm. Is it still credible? What are your thoughts on it? Because there's a lot of controversy. Messi won it this year. Um, people were calling for um, Lewandowski to win it. Previous years, um, I don't know, even me, 2010. I felt like Iniesta should have gotten it for his overall achievements with club and country, scoring in the final. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, Salah this year, he didn't even, he was seventh this year. When he's arguably like the best player in the world at the mm-hmm. moment, like yeah. And I think one of the difficulties with the, you know with the Ballon d'Or, uh, you know, at least in recent years, where you know, of course Messi and Ronaldo they are still two of the best players in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but when someone else has been in contention, it's obviously been quite controversial when those two still get it. Um, but I guess it's just that we don't really know. You know what the requirements are. The criteria. In, you know the criteria. You know who. You know who does the voting. How do they do the voting? It's journalists. It's a sort of like mystery. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's a sort of like mystery behind the whole thing. You know, we don't really know yeah. how they come to that decision. Um, <laughs> and I, I, you know, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. Um, you know whether it's incredible or not. I think there's a lot of tribalism involved. The, yeah, the, of course there is. Because I think at one stage the players were voting as well. Right. So like when it was Ronaldo. All the Madrid players were voting for Ronaldo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it was Messi, all the Barca players were voting for Messi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, not quite sure what you know the actual criteria is for the Ballon d'Or because sometimes it feels like team achievements count more, and sometimes it yeah. feels like individual achievements are account for more. Yeah. And it's like there I would say that's to suit Messi. Suit Messi, yeah. Think there's an agenda. Um, <laughs> not, yeah, kind, not kind of, because Iniesta in 2010, he got the individ- he got the team achievements, winning the World Cup with his country. Even Messi got and the team achievements. What did he with he Barcelona? Won the treble with Barcelona? Yeah, so did Iniesta. But individually, Messi outshone Iniesta. Yeah, but then and then this <laughs> this year they gave it to Messi because he won with his country uh-huh. the Copa America. Yeah. So by that standards, Iniesta should have had like but a reward for winning the... I think this is what people don't realize. Um, for me, this year, Messi deserved to win the Ballon d'Or. I'm just putting that out there so that, you know, they... Spoken like, like, <laughs> like a true Barcelona fan. Uh, we see you. Yeah, but he's joined PSG now, so there's no bias anymore. No, of course, of course. Uh, yeah. uh, but anyways, for me, Messi had an amazing season with Barcelona as well. You just see the standard of Barcelona right now. We are seventh yeah. in the league. Uh-huh. With Messi, under Komen, we still managed to come third last year in La Liga. That just shows you the insane amount of influence he had on that team. And for me, last year, he still put in some great performances. He, I think he's the player with the most man of the match awards in Europe last year. 
so that just shows you how impactful and how great a season he had individually and he of course won the copa america the one international trophy he always wanted to win i'm pretty sure he has his eyes set on the world cup next year which i'm hoping he does well in but i mean you can't you know under credit messi for what he's achieved last year so for me lewandowski definitely deserved to win it in 2020 but for this year i would say lionel messi deserved to win it but for the rankings i agree with you i don't know i agree with you as well sala 7th i mean jorginho 3rd i don't know how these people vote for players because you know for me kante had such an amazing season mm-hmm. sala has had such an amazing season they definitely deserve to be in the top 5 and they are out of the top 5 i don't know why i don't know how that is decided so yeah for me the rankings are definitely flawed sometimes so i guess it'll be interesting to see who wins it next season because yeah. i don't think i don't think ronaldo and messi <laughs> yeah. will be you know will be in the running yeah. or at least uh, with the way their seasons have gone so far mm-hmm. at least they shouldn't you know for various reasons mm-hmm. um if salah does win something you know whether it's the premier league or the champions league yeah. then he's should in contention obviously if he's he's, he's um You know, his form continues throughout the season. Yeah. The oh, Afcon is coming yeah, up as well, and he's got the so. Afcon as well. Yeah. So you know, and and but again, whether that's taken into account is a different question. Because <laughs> yeah, true. You know, you know, other tournaments sometimes don't seem to count. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's in the about the Champions League and the Euros. You know, yeah. you know, the World Cup as well. Um, but yeah, so you know, we'll see how you know what happens, and then we can decide whether it's credible <laughs> or not. Yeah. Um, and of course, Lewandowski will always be there because his chance. You know, you know, he, you know, he's an unbelievable player, and you've got the. Mbappe and and Haaland is 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 operating on a different level. Mm. He is so so good and it's a shame that he's playing in a team where for some uh, he's not going to win anything. <laughs> no. You know, you know, it's Exactly. You know they're second in the Bundesliga with Bayern in that league. Exactly. You know they're not going to win the Champions League. You know yeah. they went to Ajax and got absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. So you know there's no way that they'll go through. May, you know maybe the Europa League, you know if they do drop in there. Yeah. Um But yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens next season and who wins it, mm-hmm. and and then maybe we can go and speak to UEFA and ask, uh, <laughs> or you know, or yeah. whoever votes, yeah. and ask for and ask for answers. Yeah, that's what you get with the newspaper publication holding yeah. <laughs> the football. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, it's Lekip, isn't it? That that, yeah. that does the. I think it's difficult now in in football because this is team sport. Yep. So to have an individual award in a team sport, mm-hmm. it's not really taken into account the context of things, right? Yeah. It's more about is it stats? Is it like mm-hmm. trophies? Because um, as you said, like you never see any defenders winning it nowadays. Yeah, and true. I would argue yeah. that like it was it in two thousand and when did Van Dyke? Nineteen. Two thousand and nineteen. Van yeah. Dyke like should have been. The impact he had on Liverpool team was crazy, was man. Match, yeah. When he came in, oh my god, and he came second for Messi, which is it's hard to say like oh that's a robbery, but I mean. the decisions keep going in that way over time, over time. that like yeah. you know a defender has to get it at some stage or like someone that's not always scoring but no, it's hard because Messi's such like a, mm-hmm. an alien <laughs> like he's yeah. too good like well like even Lewandowski like last year you know mm-hmm. he should have gotten it yeah. like you know he broke so I many records so huh? you know he broke so many records Lewandowski yeah. and and I think this year he's he's uh, he's on his way to break his own record yeah <laughs> which is even crazier so again you know we'll see what happens yeah um you know in the Ballon d'Or 2022 yeah and we can talk about agendas any and, any uh, predictions then who do you think should I'll say I'll say Salah you okay. know given his form I don't think yeah. there's anyone playing better than and who do you think will get it if you had to be like um cynical about it oh 
Uh, it's honestly, I don't know. Right. Depends on the World Cup. It, yeah, that's <laughs> it depends yeah, on the World yeah, Cup. Yeah. It's a World yeah. Cup year. The World so, Cup, so yeah. Uh, maybe Salah on the season he's having. Of mm. course, he'll definitely be in the running. Lewandowski yeah. with the form he's showing. Um, yeah, but Benzema. Benzema. Oh yeah, Benzema is a really World good Cup. Show. Like he'll be in the World Cup. Yeah, uh, yeah he's been. Yeah. But um, and in front of Mbappe. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, but and, uh, Mbappe doesn't do much with PSG. Like, doesn't like Benzema is with Real consistent? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no, yeah, I mean, you have to give him credit yeah. for that. Like, uh, even as a Barcelona fan, I always am impressed with how consistent Benzema is as a goal scorer. So. Yeah, and he's been at it for the last yeah. 10, 15 yeah. years, despite <laughs> the fact that he had Ronaldo and Bale yeah. there to compete with. And you know, every season he just keeps. And he keeps, get, <laughs> he keeps getting even better as well. You know, even, I think he's like, what, 30, 34? Mm-hmm. You know, because he's yeah. fairly old now. I, yeah. you know, I don't exactly what age 34. Mm-hmm. His um, lifestyle is like, it's, it's on par with Ronaldo's with kind of like habits and lifestyle. I That's why imagine. he can keep such like a lo- long career. Yeah. Personally, um, I think if Salah can keep, keep up this form yeah. and if he can somehow Win. in the AFCON like do well with Egypt, score some important goals and lead his team to like a final or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, yeah, Salah probably would deserve it, but it hasn't happened yet. So let's see <laughs> next year what happens. But definitely, I want, just want to add one more point. The problem I have with these award ceremonies, you're completely right. Defenders and midfielders don't get the recognition they deserve. Yep. And these award ceremonies try to mask that fact by adding in different award categories for striker yeah. of the year, midfielder of the year, goalkeeper of the year. Yeah. I think that's better though. I think that's better than having, oh, you're the Ballon d'Or. He said, have like four categories keeper, defender, midfielder, attacker, and and forget about. Yeah, Yeah. there's no point because it's football, it's a team sport. Yeah. So deep down, it doesn't really matter. No, you know, I still, the Ballon d'Or is still something because we know that, you know, know, at some point. It's the prestige. Messi, yeah, so not only the prestige, but, you know, know, there were seasons where Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah. Where there was just no one yeah. better in the world, yeah, no competition. and I think that deserves recognition. Yeah. And at some point, we'll see where Haaland or Mbappe mm-hmm. are points where they are the best players in the world. I, you know, one of them yeah. at any given season, and I think that should be rewarded. Um, you know, but is is it a fair trophy if like defenders and midfielders are never going no. to be like really considered or have a chance for the Ballon d'Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's the unfair side of it, obviously. And, yeah. and in, in the last defender to win it was what kind of arrow? Yeah. Um, you know, for winning the World Cup with the six, I think. And um, when people say Tyrion, you should have won it. Yeah. Um, well, the next is not to win it. Maybe Maguire. Let's, um, <laughs> won it. Let's wait and see. Yeah. 2013, Ronaldo won it. And my big shout was for Manuel Neuer. Neuer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was Bayern, yeah. Man, one yeah. season he absolutely yeah. smashed it out yeah, of the yeah. park. Nobody could yeah. beat him in goal. And he's playing as a defender as well. Centre back, fifth centre back for Bayern. Yeah. And he won the treble as well. So he had like team achievements, individual achievements, all on yeah. par. But Ronaldo won it that year. So I mean, are goalkeepers, defenders really ever going to have a chance at yeah. the Ballon d'Or itself? To conclude, I'll ask you this final question then. To sum it up, um, do you think the Ballon d'Or is credible? Uh, yes or no? I think yes. Yes. I think it is still credible. I think no. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to end the show. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming, guys. No, uh, no, I had no, fun. I enjoyed it. So yeah. No, I did good as well. Stuff. Thank you very much for yeah. having me. No problem, um, man. No problem. A pleasure. All right. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for watching.